The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We are back for what I call Season 3 because this is my third contract with uh, VoiceAmerica.com. I'm so proud to be back on the Empowerment Channel. Uh, We did take off last week, but here we are back again. We're going to be talking about Hollywood childhoods, and this is a very interesting show because, as you know, all of us know because we watch television and the media and all kinds of things, radio, uh, we see that celebrity life is a complete different life than the life that we all have. I am so fortunate to have Nils Van Patten on this show as our special guest. Nils uh, grew up in Hollywood, and uh, he is the son of Dick Van Patten and uh, Pat Van Patten. Dick Van Patten, you you may have known uh, from uh, 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 Eight is Enough and several show te- television shows that he was very famous for back in the 60s and the 70s and up into the 80s and, and even into the 90s. Uh, Nels Van Patten was born in 1955. He grew up around Hollywood, California, mixing with rich and famous people. Um, he's an actor, a producer, known for a uh, movie uh, Summer School in 87, Grotesque in 88, Backyard Dogs in 2000. He's been married to his wife, Nancy, since October 9th, 1994. Nels is also a tennis professional and an elite uh, professional, which is uh, USPTA, U.S. Uh, Professional Tennis Player Association member. These folks have to be at least 22 years old, pass a written elite exam, which covers business, programming, sports science, tennis operations, elite stroke analysis uh, exam, and even elite level on-court exams. And in addition, members have to earn 16 specialty courses and 24 APC credits. Uh, Elite professionals are required to earn six credits every three years to maintain their membership, and they commonly are considered for director of tennis or head of tennis professional uh, positions. Uh, Nils happens to work in uh, uh, Sherman Oaks, California, and uh, he does that as a professional, but also is very active in Hollywood and very active in mixing and meeting and talking to several people that he's grown up through his childhood and through his life in Hollywood. He is a fascinating guest. Now, I just have to tell you uh, that growing up in Hollywood is not a life for a child that we all imagine. Uh, Nils 
will take us through some, the, the romantic images and dive into the murky world of growing up on center stage with the entire world as your audience. He's, he's true to his father's talent. Nels will give us incredible insight how the real side of Hollywood has affected his life and many of the Hollywood elite's children that he grew up with. While his father prospered in the golden age, age of television, Nels continues to experience the evolution of Hollywood firsthand by being there and knowing the people who live there. Hollywood has influenced all of our lives, all of us, all over the world in more ways than we can imagine. Nels, I just want to welcome you to our show. Thank you for joining. Uh, thank, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Gary Bell. I really appreciate that. Uh, you're being very, very kind to me. I have to say I'm getting a little bit goosebumps right now. Um, I don't know if those who know, I don't, I'm not even sure if you're aware, my father, Dick Van Patten, just passed away a few months ago, and I'm not sure if, uh, if you're aware of that, Gary, and, and, and the audience. Um, my father, Dick Van Patten, made his enough. Um, he was an incredible father, and I just want to say them, and my heart goes out to him. And, and to anyone, all the listeners out there, this is, that's the most important thing to me is, is love. The most important thing to me is love. And I lost somebody I love very, very much, and I know that we all feel the same way. We all have, you know, lost ones out, you know, loved ones out there that we've lost. And I just want to say I appreciate everyone listening, and um, I know there's got to be a better place. There's got to be a better place because I, I just lost my dad a few months ago, and it, so it just happened, and it's new to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. But I will be as candid and as open as I can about what I can share with, with you and the viewers and maybe, you know, Dr. Gary Bell, if you can offer me some suggestions on how to deal with my, my, um, my sorrow, uh, that, that would be great. And anything I could do to help, thank you for listening. That's all I can say. Thank you. Yeah, no, Nels, it's interesting because I also lost my father a couple months ago, so we share that. And, uh, and, uh, my family grew up watching your father on television. We grew up in the farms in uh, Indiana, out in the cornfields, and uh, there were only four stations that we had when we grew up. <laughs> but the deal is, is that your father played an enormous role in so many people's lives. And uh, you know, if 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 you think about death, and I said this at my dad's funeral, and I've said this over the years to my clients that are grieving, yeah. just to anyone who's grieving. Uh, bottom line is, our job is to remember people's lives, not how they die. Um, I don't think any of us ever want to be remembered for how we die. I think all of us want and spend our energy through our entire life giving back to our children, to our families, to our loved ones, to our friends, and to the human race because we want to be remembered for who we are. And if we focus on that, we carry people's legacy beyond their life and they live on through us. And we do things because they taught us and because it meant something to them, it meant something to us. And we take their life and move it into our life. And that's, that's my take on it, Nels. Well, and, and I hope that helps you. Yes, it does. I mean, basically, uh, Doctor, is that like just taking all his good and spirit and just trying to make it even better? I mean, I, I, I just know that not a minute goes by without me thinking of him at this moment. And um, it, it is... Be I've been I've been doing okay. I mean, I I'm still working as a tennis coach, and I here in Los Angeles, California, and um, I have a lot of gratitude, and I'm still healthy, and even at my age, I'm I'm, I'm still going, and I'm still moving. But my father motivates me every 
second. So if I, I, I guess, is that what it's pertaining to? My life is still That's enriched. I just, I just miss him dearly, my father, because he, because he gave me and he gave my brothers and my mother and anyone that was connected with my father so much. He gave, he made life so much fun. And that, that's, that's, and we're from New York originally. I don't know if you knew this. Um, we're, I, I came out here in 1970, so I was 15 years old. I even hate to say I'm 60 years old today, but that's, that's on the record. But, um, but thank you very, very, very much for your suggestion. I, I had a, a, a brilliant person like yourself. I asked, I, I ran into someone and that I knew, and I said, what should I do? How, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm, I'm feeling very morose, and I'm feeling upset, and how do I deal with my father's Loss. I mean, I, I, and he, he said to me, he said, Nels, and that's how you pronounce my name, by the way, Nels. Okay, okay, thank you. He, he said, Nels, you have to, at this moment of your life, you, you have to, I can't even think anymore because I'm so emotional, you have to um, control your environment. I said, what? He said, you have to control your environment. I said, what? I, said, I said to my friend, I said, what do you mean? And he said, that means at this time, you, because of what you're going through, you need to be a little bit selfish. And if you want to go out, go out. If you don't want to go out to a restaurant, don't go. If you want to take a trip, take a trip. If you don't want to take a trip, don't take a trip. Basically, he said, if, if you, if you, if, do what you want to do. And so you must control your environment. Hang out with your friends, the ones that you want to be with. Don't go out just for the sake of going out. And that helped me immensely. So this man, when he said to me, Nels, control your environment, is that, is that, I like, I like that. that and and that I, I've a, been doing that. So that I, I'm spending powerful. more time. And my wife is wonderful. And my, and, my, and my mother and my siblings are great. But I am spending a little bit more time being more introspective about life and, and, and the things that are meaningful to me, I'm sort of take, embracing them, sort of taking that in, if that makes any sense. It's, it's helped it me makes, controlling my it, environment. Nels, it makes absolute sense. And, and, and here's the deal about emotions. You know, uh, as you're going through a grieving process, if, if you think about emotions, uh, emotions are only biologically in our brain Neurologically, our brain can only sustain the energy of an emotion for more for no more than three minutes. And so, if if you study neuroscience, the study of the brain, you'll you'll actually understand that the only way that you can make an emotion go on and escalate into something that takes you over is if you keep making excuses for why you feel that way. If you go, okay, I'm sad, I'm very angry, or I'm very upset whatever the emotion is, and you just leave it there without thinking about why you're that way, you just let yourself be that emotion, your brain runs out of energy and goes back to, to a peaceful state. The problem is people want to control emotions, and so what they do is they overthink them, they, they apply to the reasons why they feel that way, then they feel even more escalated, and then the emotions take them over, and that's called emotional management. Uh, and uh, emotional intelligence. Oh, that's that's that's, that's great. That, thank you, Gary. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Thanks. So, um, yes. what was your dad? You know, let's just start with your dad, and and we'll move on into your childhood, into your life, in, in Hollywood. I mean, you've been out here forty five years now. What what was he like at home? Well, my father, Dick Van Patten, was um, 
everything you could, to me, everything a father should be. I mean, he was there with us 24-7. Uh, he, he was married to my mother for 61 years. And um, he was just, he was like a big kid. He was like one of us. Wow. We all wanted to be him. We all wanted to have fun like my father. My father, my father raised us to have fun. And, on, on, you know, you, you can't be perfect in every aspect. It wasn't like he said, hey, you have to go to school. He wasn't that kind of a person. He grew up on the stage in New York. I remember as a young kid watching him, you know, on, on, on doing Broadway plays. And that, that was, that was, that, that was uh, and my father, you know, working as an actor. And, um, but he always stressed fun to us. You know, you guys got to get outside. You got to have a good time. And then all the other adults, you know, my friends, you know, parents, they were very, you know, they, 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 they just went to their work and they, and they came home and they would never play with their kids. And my father wanted to play with all of us. So he would take all the kids in the neighborhood of New York to a park or to the beach and everybody would pile in. My father was sort of like the big kid himself, and that, and that was very, very important for us to have fun, and we did. We had so much fun. I had a great, wow. great life, and my life will continue to blossom. You know, it's difficult, obviously, not having him here, but, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. It's going to get better because of, because of his attitude. And, um, I mean, we, we, he taught us to, to love life, and I still do. Wow. I, I think if if any of us remember the image of him just from the glances we got on television is that his smile. He 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 was always a very uh he was always a very dynamic man with a big smile. Yeah, he had a great personality. I mean, you know, we I, I wish I had half of my father's personality. He 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 just made everybody happy. It didn't matter, you know, what you did for a living, what facet of life you know. You walked. I mean, basically, my dad was nice to everybody, and he um, he was just he, he was he was just incredible just to be just to be around him. Um, everybody loved him. He didn't, he didn't never had an enemy, and uh, he always he always uplifted and everybody. He always uplifted all of us. And did, and I bet as far as the smiling goes, it, it was true. It was he, he just wanted to be here. He just loved it, and he wasn't he didn't he didn't fear <laughs> death either. He didn't. He didn't think about it. even up to this last. This, this, you know, this just happened a few months ago, uh, Gary. And even up right. to a few months ago, he would look at me and he said, "You know, Nels, I would give everything back just to be you." He looked at me and I because and we, we all try to be very, very healthy. My brothers and I, we we work out and we just love sports and we just love life. And then I said, "Dad, don't worry. You've given us everything. You've given us everything, Dad." He goes, "Yeah, but I'd give everything back monetarily. It didn't matter. He would give everything back just to be healthy." And I said, you know, and so it, it kind of hurts you even saying that, but yeah. uh, he, he's right. I mean, it's all about your health and your love, right. health and love. And I'm, I'm still working it. I'm still working at both of them. <laughs> that makes well, you, sense. You, you spent a lot of time with your father when he was passing. Is that correct? You were kind of a caregiver. And it's, yeah, I, I, you know, I was just, you know, care, caregiver. I was with him every day uh, for the last 10 years. He's been, he, 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 was, he was having a difficult time because it first began with the stroke. You know, actually, the diabetes. Diabetes is it's, it's curable, but at the same time, it can kick off so many other diseases if you don't maintain you know, you know, a, a level, a sugar level. And my father you know, didn't eat properly, and he liked sweets. And so um, for the last 10 years, you know, the diabetes turned until he had three different strokes, and then he had... 
son cancer, and then he had a um, aortic valve replacement, and he had prostate cancer, and he had colon cancer, and I used to always joke. Then he had a thalamic pain syndrome, which is like um, a diabetic um, neuropathy. I mean, he had so many things wrong with him for the last 10 years, and I used to joke with people when they used to ask, well, what, what, how's your dad doing? What's wrong? And I used to say, he, he, he's, he, he's okay. He's got everything but a common cold. So he did. He had every <laughs> disease but a common cold. And oh he kept going. He just kept going. In fact, when we went to the hospital a few months ago, you know, thinking he was going to come home, he walked into the hospital. And I thought he was going to jog out. But, you know, that's the way life is. We can't go on forever. And right. I don't mean to keep speaking about my father and death. What else would you like to talk about? Let's 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 make it a happy well, session here. We're, like you got it. No, it's okay, I'm a happy guy, actually, so... Let's, let's talk are. about something else. <laughs> you know what? It's important to talk about this stuff and, and because we all experience it. It's real and it's, it's what everyone goes through. And, you know, his passing is grieving for us because a lot of us have emotional attachment to, to your father in a very vicarious way. Not everybody has great family. Not everybody has real father. And uh, he represented that to many people. So it's worthy to talk about that. And, and, and Nels, I really appreciate you uh, opening through that process. Um, you know, who, who were like your neighbors when you grew up here? When you oh, came out to Hollywood, who, who, well, who did you end up? in New York and, you know, Long Island, it was, it, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, there were, we just had great, great friends and neighbors. They weren't, you know, famous. They weren't famous people, but we had credible, credible friends there back in New York. Then we came out to California in 1970. And this is ironic. This is, this is, this is amazing. And I, I, this, is some, this is really, really incredible. Uh, we move in in the Hollywood Hills. Okay, my father's doing a play, Adaptation Next, in Los Angeles. And, he, and we thought we were going to come here for three months for the duration of the play and then go back to New York. But then mm-hmm. after the three months, yeah, my father just kept working, kept working, kept working. He finally said, you know what, maybe we're supposed to be out here. So that was kind of hard, leaving New York when you're 15 years old. Oh, my gosh. All your good friends telling him you're going to come back, and you never do. So that was what a little a bit depressing. But, but we do, we, 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 we get a house in the Hollywood Hills, and being from New York, I had never seen, we had never seen a mountain before. So the Hollywood Hills really aren't, it, it isn't really like Mount Everest or anything, but to us, right. it was. I mean, right. we had never seen a hill before or, or a mountain. So here we are. We have a house on top of the hill. And guess who moves? Guess who had moved in the month before adjacent to our house? We're very, who? very modest homes. Nothing, nothing extravagant or anything like this. We uh-huh. were just renting the house. We were renting the house. And so were these people. over. They were renting the house for, for six months. The Jackson Five, if you can believe Wow. That. Are you but kidding? The Jacksons had just come from, from Gary, Indiana. So they, they come to California, 1970. Their house is right next to us. And we're next, we, don't, we don't, you know, we, 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 we become friends. So Jermaine Jackson, Michael's older brother, right. my age, we become best of friends. In fact, he just called me today, Jermaine Jackson. Now, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So we come from California. Now, they're nobody at the time. They're still, right. they're still trying to make it. They hadn't, they hadn't come out with their, their first big hit yet. So we're right. playing football, you know, touch football, 1970, with J- Jermaine, Tito, Marlon, me, my brother, Jimmy, Vincent, 
there's a flat portion of the mountain on top of Mulholland there in Queens Road, right above right. the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. And right, that's the only flat with... portion. And we're playing, you know, football like the way they do back on, on the East Coast. But out here wow. in California, kids don't play football in the streets. Right. They didn't. But so we're, we're all, so we're all playing football, and I swear, now Michael, Michael Jackson, again, mm-hmm. they're not famous at this time. Michael Jackson comes running out of the house, and they actually put this in the movie, and I, and I, and I swear it's true. Michael Jackson comes running out. He's four years younger than me. Uh-huh. Five years younger, four or five years younger, and he's a little kid. So Michael Jackson comes running out of the house. Hold, I still, I still see the picture in my hand. Michael Jackson's holding a transistor, which don't exist anymore, a transistor radio, a little transistor radio, and he stops our game. And little Michael Jackson is saying to us in the middle of the football game, "Hey, he goes, we're on the radio. We're on the radio. This wow. is guys, we're on the radio, just like that." <laughs> and we all stop. And there is his, one, his first hit, I Want You Back. And we're hearing the song, I Want You Back. It's their very first hit, which made them. And I still remember and looking at Michael Jackson holding his transistor radio and having I Want You Back come over the radio. And then from there on in, then they just took off. And then my father's yeah. career took off, and then we all started working as actors, and we became best of friends. And Michael Jackson and Marlon and Jermaine and Tito... And, and they were at our house every day, and we were at their house every day. And, and, and wow. that, that, was, that was kind of like how it all began. And I, if you want to know anything about the Jacksons, I mean, all I can say is they are the most incredible family that has ever existed. And, and it's a uh-huh. misconception about, about Michael. And right. it's so, it, it's so, it, it makes me so sad, you know, what happened to him. Yeah, and because that guy, he, he he was the kindest, most talented individual I have ever ever seen or met, and had the pleasure. And it's just, it's, I just can't tell you the, the family. They're, they're all the same. Right, Michael Nels. Was, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come right back. We're gonna pick this up. Okay. You bet. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff 
Live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Hey, Nils. I got a lot of background noise there, but let's, uh, let's go into, you know, what are some of the common bonds that uh, children of famous people share? I mean, you obviously, you grew up with lots of people around you, yeah. uh, especially in your teenage years. What, what is something that they all share? Oh, you know, I... Yeah, I don't like to differentiate. I don't. I don't think they are. They're any different. I. I, I don't. I. I, I think mm-hmm. people are people, and mm-hmm. I, I think it comes from the, the parenting. Mm-hmm. I, I. I don't see any real difference. Um. And if you're a famous kid, and your parents are rotten, well, that famous talented kid is going to probably turn out rotten. And I don't like to think that somebody is better or worse. I really believe it comes down to that love and and how mm-hmm. much. I mean, you, you, and you got to get lucky. I mean, some, I, I don't think, I don't, I didn't feel any different than any other kid. I was just always striving and always trying to get better. We, we were really more involved in sports, uh, mm-hmm. my brothers and, and myself. We didn't even, we, we, we loved acting, but acting was, was a job. We loved to play. <laughs> we wanted to be mm-hmm. the best we could be at tennis, the best we could be at football, baseball, basketball. I mean, we grew up as athletes. And even to this day, I'm still trying to get better in, in, in everything we do, everything we, as, even as a person, as a human being. I try to become a nicer human being. I try to become a better athlete. I try to become a better husband. I try to become a better friend. And I, I don't think I stop learning. I don't think there's any bond that makes uh, a, a star's kid any better or worse than the mechanic's kid or, the, or, the, or, or, or an accountant's kid. Or banker, right. or, or a lawyer right. kid, or a doctor's kid. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Gary, but uh, that's how I feel. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great insight, and and I appreciate that. You know, did you end up going to school with a lot of uh, actors' children or famous folks' children out there in Hollywood? You know what? I, I didn't. I, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even. I didn't care if the guy was the so and so's son or. If he, if he could perform or if he could play sports, he was my hero. <laughs> I, I just I just looked at them as a person. If they were a good person, if they weren't, sure. you know, today what's going on in the world, you, you hear a lot about people being bullied. You mm-hmm. hear that in schools, and I, I, I that 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 upsets me when I mm-hmm. see a girl, you know, being tormented, you know, verbally by other girls, or you see a guy getting beaten up, and it's usually the bullying. I never like. I never went for that. That didn't happen when I was a kid because when you got picked on, you always taught to fight back. 
And I think that's right. the best way. And I, and I always stood up and, and stood by somebody that was being picked on. And I believe that's the way to be. And I, I, I don't, I don't like bullying. I, 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 I'm really against that. And I think, and I, and I always, I pretty much, to tell you the truth, Gary, I mean, we, 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 you grew up just to, to try to not let anybody take advantage of you. That's all. I don't think it made mm-hmm. any difference what your parents did or you, you just, you just, you just, and you treat people with respect. I mean, right. I know that's, that was very important in our family. My mother's from the South. Uh, she's from Charlotte, North Carolina. My dad, you know, a tough you know, New York, you know, gruff kind of a guy, but which is a little different than the people from the South. So I got, we all got my mother's characteristics of where you, you treat elders with respect. Anyone a right. generation older than myself, I always called Mr. and Mrs. That's just the way mm-hmm. I was. That's the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I still do that today. If somebody is, is very, very old, I always say, hello, Mr. O'Brien. Hello, Mrs. O'Brien. Anything I can do to help you? And I'm always there to help. And I, and I, feel, I feel that's the best way to be. I think that's the way. I think that's the way. I, think, I, I believe that's the right way. So I was never influenced by any kind of Hollywood, any kind of Hollywood fame or anything like that. I've been around, you know, a lot of people, but it, those aren't only our friends. Uh, the, our friends were, were people that were loyal, people mm-hmm. that are loyal and people that give. Gary, think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, think about this. The people who I most respect are not here today. They're not here today, but uh, Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He gave. Nelson Mandela had a big heart. He gave. Mother Teresa. These are the people who, who, who just, you know, they both just recently passed away in the last decade. They Correct. gave. Uh, a few months ago, the Pope came to New York, and the Pope, and the Pope went to, you know, all the eastern cities, Philadelphia and so forth. Mm-hmm. What kind of, yes. he, got, he got an incredible response. Because Absolutely. the Pope gives. He gave. He gives of himself. So these mm-hmm. are the people I respect. I don't think it makes any difference whether you're Hollywood fame or, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter what you do. But I, we always were taught to give, and that's what I'm still trying to do. What was it like, I mean, with your father, everybody knowing him so much, uh, what was it like when you'd go around with your father? Well, the guy, you know, my dad was, my father was, um, you know, as an actor, but... but People, you know, people, he was, people liked him. He just had the likability. He had that charm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, didn't, but he wasn't extravagant. He didn't need to go anywhere fancy. We would just go to the public beaches and the, and the, and the public parks. And, and he loved Starbucks. My father would go to Starbucks every morning here in Los Angeles. And, and when he first went, you know, he would be by himself. And, and it, was, it was me and my dad. And then eventually, after years and years and years of going to Starbucks every morning, the same place, everybody started gravitating to my father. Didn't, they didn't know him. These were just, so then when I would go back to Starbucks, he would, uh-huh. have always a, he would be holding court at Starbucks like every morning. For like oh, my hour, gosh. Two hours. Oh, there goes. <laughs> hey, Dick. Hey. And he became, he, he, I don't know, he was like a fixture at Starbucks in the morning. He would have wow. his espresso, espresso and his pumpkin his pumpkin bread. You know that pumpkin bread it has a lot of calories. I don't think that helped his diabetes, but that didn't help it. <laughs> yeah, but he was there every morning with his pumpkin bread and his triple espresso, and and he had all his cronies. 
He had all his cronies there every morning, always sitting outside. Even if it oh rained, he'd find an umbrella and they'd sit outside. So all the all the cronies would be there every morning, and he he enjoyed that so much. So that's what wow. it was like. Everybody loved being around my father, and it wasn't because he was an actor. They just they he just made you feel good. His presence. Right. Now you you're around people, um, Doctor Gary. That that sort of like you get that up. You get you get like an up feeling. My father right. made you feel up. And there's other people in your life, it can even be a friend, they kind of bring you down. I don't know what totally. that is, but they kind of bring... Well, my father was not that. He, he, he was the ultimate up pill. So everybody around him felt, when they left that Starbucks, we were like feeling so great about life. You know, we just... <laughs> and the pumpkin bread and the, and the, and the triple espressos is like, wow, we, we, we had the best. We, we were so happy just to go to Starbucks with my father, right. everyone. Well, you know, what was teenage life, life like in Hollywood for you? Uh, you know, again, it was, uh, Dr. Gary, it was really about us playing sports. I didn't really, my father would, you know, like, hey, Dad, you know, what he, it really wasn't any different than anybody else, except he wasn't, you know, as an actor, you're not always working. So you have a mm -hmm. lot of free time. Okay. So my father, he didn't have a nine-to-five job. So Correct. days that he wasn't working on a show, he would hang out with us. He'd play tennis with us, and he, we would all go to the beach together. He would take us to the beach if we had two or three hours. Let's go, let's go to the beach, and my father would go. Even to the, two days before my father died, he, he was in the ocean, swimming in the cold ocean, the Pacific, wow. in Malibu. That's the kind of guy wow. he was. And That's he, um, it so really wasn't different than anybody else except... Because he was an actor, and, and most of the time as an actor, you're not working, we had, we had the, uh, the ability to spend more time with him. And even mm -hmm. when it wasn't doing something fun, it was still pleasurable. Like, you know, even taking my father to the doctor, taking him to all these doctor appointments, I loved being with him. Mm -hmm. That's what it was like. I just loved being in his presence. He gave us that up feeling. And when he, we weren't at the beach or the doctor's offices and... My father, every day, I mean, he never sat home. He was never home to the day, to the day he died. He was never home. He was always doing something. Doing something. And he, he would go to the racetrack every day, Santa Anita racetrack. Wow. And, in fact, you know that the shirt on top of the racetrack, the flag? Yeah. I, gave, I gave the joke away, my punchline away. The flag oh. on top of the racetrack, that's my father's shirt. My father's shirt, <laughs> Santa Anita. The biggest hit of all, the biggest hit of all, is is the inventory of Santa Anita. Since my dad's been gone, they are not Santa Anita Racetrack is not making as much money. I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> yeah, they're losing a lot of money since my dad's been gone. But um, he, he asked, that's what it was like here. Every day was fun. He made everything an, an adventure. And my father did teach us one thing too, as well. I mean, I'm not doing a good job of it, but he would always say. If you heard someone speak, he says, you shouldn't, you, oh, this person has a dead voice, he would say. And mm -hmm. I, I know it sounds ridiculous when they speak in a monotone voice. He, he hated that. Maybe it was from the theater. He liked it when people would articulate and, and, and color up how, how you said something. I mean, he, he, it was very important how you spoke to my mm -hmm. father. He wanted to make sure it had, had excitement in the voice and, and ranges and different kinds of, 
Um, you know, uh, there are different. He, he didn't like someone that just spoke all the same tone. Just, I know. Yeah, slack tone. Sounds crazy, but um, and and he loved. Uh, well, he loved a lot of things. Loved sweets. Loved ice cream. Loved ice cream. And he loved convertible. Ice cream. I think I don't, who doesn't love ice cream? <laughs> loved convertible. He goes. Who doesn't love? He goes. He said. Uh, he just just a few months ago. He says, whoever doesn't like ice cream, whoever doesn't like convertibles is crazy. He say. How could somebody not have a convertible or ice cream? How can they not like ice cream? He, he, that was the kind of guy he was. And, he, and uh, yeah. I, I, I was just enlightened by him. And we all, it's a big loss. But, again, I'm trying to control my environment. I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to make I it know, a positive. And I keep digging you back into it. So. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you but know. life in Hollywood was, it, it, I don't think it mattered where, where we were. We were going to have fun. You, uh, you could put us in Zimbabwe. The Van Pattens were, were here to have fun. My father was put on this earth to have fun. He just happened to be, you know, he just happened to be an actor because my, my grandmother was a stage mother and walked him uh, around as a young child up and down, you know, Fifth Avenue. Right. And the that's all we did. And even, even us, we didn't go to school. He didn't stress education. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing. It isn't. Mm-hmm. It's not. If I mm-hmm. had to... My own children, I, I, would, I, would, I would make sure they went to school, but my, my mother and father didn't know the difference. My mother, my mother was a June Taylor dancer for the older viewers on the Jackie Gleason show. And this goes back oh, to I remember the, that show. The yeah, absolutely. The 1950s and 1960s, Jackie Gleason was a variety show, and she had, and Jackie Gleason used to open up the show and with these uh, a premier ultimate dancers called the, the June Taylor dancers and my mother was a June a lead June Taylor dancer and that's how my mother and my father met because my father was doing a show uh, in the 50s actually 1950s late 40s 1950s just when television began called I Remember Mama and the old okay. it was about a Norwegian family and the oldest son was Nels and that's how I got my name I'll be darned yeah, and so and they, they, they filmed I Remember Mama and the Jackie Gleason show on the same soundstage, and then they got married at a young age, and that's how they met. But uh, that's so entertainment incredible. was in... That's All right, Nels, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Hollywood life as far as uh, people that you, you currently uh, know and, and that are very odd for any of us average people to know, but you happen to be right there in the middle of it. And uh, So we'll talk about some of that. We'll talk about the life out in Hollywood and, and the challenges there are for people that uh, get a quick drop of fame, and then they go off the charts and, yes. and disappear. So we'll come right back. Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell with Nils Van Patten. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we have Nels Van Patten, son of Dick Van Patten, on this show. And Nels, can you kind of tell us, you got the chance to mix with such incredible people like Mel Brooks and Bancroft. I mean, can you talk about some of those folks that you you, uh, met and grew up around? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of them. You know, Mel Brooks, I still see. He was um, my dad's good friend. He was My father took him to the racetrack, and then every, my, he, he, he was going to my racetrack every day, Mel with my father. But I've known Mel for 35 years now, and he's like about 88 years old. You would never know it. I mean, Mel Brooks is so healthy. He's still creative. He's, he's an incredible human being, and... Um, the thing about Mel, I learned, is his um, his peppiness, his, yes. his ability to want to learn, even at an elder age. Uh, yeah. Consistently bettering himself. This is Mel Brooks, 88 years old, and he, he's always trying to figure out how to become a better person, more creative. The guy's an incredible human being. That, that, that's he is. From Mel Brooks. He's, and, uh, he's been a, uh, a he's fountain of creativity Mel through his whole life. You believe this? And, and, he's, and he's terrific. Kind of a bad sport, though, but, but, but besides that, he's, he's, he's terrific. Kind of a bad sport? Who else comes to mind that, that uh, you know, for you it was every day, but for any of us, it'd be like, wow. Well, Elton John, the great singer Elton John. Absolutely, I, I was yeah. Teaching tennis, uh, I, I coach Elton, and wow. I asked Elton because I learned so much from everybody else. I asked right. Elton. I said to him, "I said, um, 
Elton, what's what's the music world like today? I mean, you've been doing this since you know the mid '60s, and you're still going strong. I mean, give me a little insight, Elton. He said to me, he goes, you know, Nels, if if I don't continue to work hard every day, music will surpass me. And I said, really? And, and I said, I learned so much just from. Elton John's quote. I mean, if he doesn't work hard every day, music will surpass Elton John. So in other I words, know. that guy, he, he's just a workaholic. And I, and I can see, you know, besides the talent, but you can see why his success is still as big now as ever before. I mean, so I, so I learned so much from these famous people, and, and mm-hmm. I can see why they've continued to have fame. And I'm trying to think... You know, the late Farrah Fawcett always had him. She was our good friend, I, and, I, and I taught Farrah. She was like a sister, oh and I taught Farrah tennis, and she would come over every day, and she had unbelievable zest for life and enthusiasm. I could see why she was successful, Be, you know, beyond her, her looks and her personality. Her personality was just winnership. And she and, was actually oh, an incredible actress. I mean, she did some really great stuff on... Uh, on in on Broadway and, and oh, yeah. beyond. She was under, underestimated, I think. People just thought of you know Farrah Fawcett as just her looks, but she really was. She was a very good actress, but she again she she had that up quality. Remember, I, I told you when you when you're yeah. in someone's um, when you're talking to somebody, whether it's a friend or whatever, you like to be around people who pull you up, and she always pulled you up. I taught um, tennis. I've been teaching tennis my whole life. I just, I just came off the court a few hours ago, and I, I was I was working with Scarlett Johansson, if you can believe this. Scarlett wow. Johansson, the great, she was doing a, a role, a movie role, as a tennis player, and then so I was giving her lessons, and <laughs> I learned from Scarlett how dedicated she was to her craft. I can see why she's doing great as an actress because she was she was the consummate professional. She would show up on time, and she says, what are we going to do today? And I said, oh, Scarlett, we're going to do the backhand. She goes, great. And then, and then she wouldn't leave until we got that backhand or serve or forehand down. I mean, that's, again, it, it goes beyond their looks. There's it, something inside of them that, that wants, they, they want to succeed. They're, they were just born this way. They want to be the best they can be. So that's what I learned from Scarlett Johansson. And then... Wow. Uh, uh, Jimmy Kahn, the great actor, he, you know, he's older now. James yeah. Kahn, he was in The Godfather for the yeah, Elder absolutely. Viewers. He had such, such he, he, he was like uh, this New York, um, he had so much energy. He, he was like, he was intense. So I, his intensity was his drive to, to want to succeed, James Kahn. So mm-hmm. he, made me, he made me a better person. So what I try to do is, yeah, I look at all these great, these great people and I kind of go, Okay, what can I take from Jimmy Kahn? What can I take from Scarlett Johansson? What can I take from Mel Brooks? What can I take? And I, I feel if I could just try to take the good from each one of these, not that they didn't have any bad, the good from each one of these people, everything's about evolution. We should, we should become better. We should become better in life instead of, instead of going down. You know, sometimes we have bad days, and, and I'm saying, well, what, you know, why? But in actuality, it's all how we think. I mean, you're a psychologist, so you, you know more about this than I do. But, you know, who else did I learn from? Wayne Gretzky, the great hockey player. I taught him tennis, and he's a great friend. Wayne Gretzky loves I'll tennis. I'll be darned. Yeah. 
And Gretzky. Hockey's my, that's my sport. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Now, Gretzky is very calm and very relaxed. You know, Wayne is like, he's resilient. Nothing can throw Wayne. Nothing can throw Wayne. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you give him some smack or trash talk, I remember I said, what do you do when these guys, you know, used to talk to you and stuff? They, they call trash talking. He, he would just smile at them because he would look at them and say, let the sticks do the talking. It didn't matter what they said. He would just eliminate what they said, and he would let his stick do the talking. So I learned that from, from the great Wayne Gretzky, to stay cool. Wow. Um, whereas, you know, James Kahn was not that way. He was, he was the other way, but, but it worked for him. And right. um, I'm trying to think what else... Well, did you did you grow up with some childhood actors, or do you know? Or, you know, did you see some some kids come and go through Hollywood and get burned out by it? Yeah, I saw. I saw. You know, do you remember um, the Different Strokes kid? You know, Todd Bridges, right? Uh, from Different Strokes, right? I, he was I know. He was having a rough time as a child, and and then he he went through some tough times, and he was a friend uh-huh. of mine. But then he he resurged. He, he right. did what he needed to do to fix himself because, and then Adam Rich, who was one of the child actors on, on my father's, you know, the show, The Eight is Enough, right. little kid, yeah. boy, he was getting a lot of acclaim. He was a great actor. He's a great kid. But he went through some tough times, Adam, and, and, and then, and he's kind of rebounded. He's kind of rebounded. They all kind of go through a funk because my father, at the time, used to tell these kids, because he had been through it before. My father used to say to him, you know, this is the best time of your life. Enjoy it now. Because it doesn't always last. Because fame is fleeting. So you have, to, you have to always be prepared and have something else to be able to look forward to. It isn't just acting. Because if you mm-hmm. just put all your eggs in one basket, that wouldn't be good either. So you, mm-hmm. you really want to have a full life. And my dad used to just tell these kids that. And that's why they all admired my father. Because they all went through some tough, tough times. And I watched, well, why do you think I saw the, the drugs and that. We, were always, we always had other interests, you know, we always had the sports to sure. fall back on. And, um, Which is a savior. Um, yeah, because, you know, what, what do you think exposes so many of these kids to, uh, not that they, it, this is, doesn't happen all over the world, but it, we see it in, in headlights in, in Hollywood where uh, a lot of them turn to drugs, alcohol, and, and stuff. What do, what do you think? You know, we, we see them as very clean, up, upstanding kids on television, and all of a sudden we find out they're in drugs, alcohol, partying, and all that stuff. What, what is it about that life out there that, that changes them so quickly? Well, I don't think, it, you know, I don't, I think it's unfair to say it's just an actor, an actor that gets, gets involved with all the drugs. If you really think about it, they're, they're only... They're getting the notoriety because they're actors. They're, they're, in, the, they're in the limelight. But right. a lot of kids, I mean, just normal kids that didn't get involved in drugs, too. I don't really think it has anything to do with the profession. But if I had to really second guess and think about that, I think sure. it's, let's say you're having a lot of success. You're 8 years old. You're 10 years mm-hmm. old. You're 12 years old, like a Lindsay Lohan or whatever. I'm right, using right. her as an example. Um, everyone's telling you, oh, you're brilliant. Oh my God! This this girl, this guy, he's he's brilliant. Now you're nine years old. You're being told you're brilliant, and then four years later, they don't even want you. Now you, right. what does that do to your self-esteem? Can, oh, imagine, can you imagine being told you're brilliant when you're a young kid, and then then you can't get a job? Now the kid being rational, the kid's 12 years old now. He can't get he can't get work, and now he's saying he's he's saying to his own parents. What happened? I thought these people were telling me I was brilliant. What, what, how, 
and now they can't get and now they can't get work. What do you think that's going to do to a poor soul? Uh, oh, totally. it's, it's very confusing. So that's why yeah. you have to have other skills. So that's what happens to the actor. They 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 get they get the fame. The older kids they let into the nightclubs. Everything's carte blanche. They 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 give you this. They give you that. Every sycophant in the world is sucking up to these kids, thinking they can get something out of them. You know, they mm-hmm. can, they get a little. You know, they're they're around the celebrity, so they feel good. And then, so what's what's next? Then they're giving him they're giving them bad things, and 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 they're becoming unhealthy. And I I, I think it just spirals. So you start the, the guys start meeting girls, and then the girls are throwing themselves on on you, and and um, next thing you know, now your fame is over. And where were these girls then? And, and, and so now I can see where it kind of distorts an actor's way of thinking. So then the next thing you know, you know, just, you know it's just a continual, um, it's, a, it's a fight. It's a fight for life. Right. And, and it's just to keep their sanity. But again, this we, isn't my field. This is, you're the psychologist, Dr. Gary. So you tell no, me what you're... you think. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll share what I know. But I, I know that we never did that. Um, Growing up in this town because we had sports and we had people and we had love and we had, you know, you know, parents that, but again, some parents are unlucky. It, it just so happens, you know, you could just, you got to get a little bit lucky and you have to make choices right. in life. And, and, and I think, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't everybody, wouldn't everybody love to indulge in that kind of life? Of course, but you know what? You, you, you got to be, work comes first. You always do your work. Our father always taught us that too. You know, work always comes as much pleasure as he gave us, and, and say to have fun. He always said you have to work first. So that's, yep. Does that make any sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Um, we've got a, just about a minute, um, but I, I wanted to ask you. You know, did, do you remember any quick funny stories from from childhood? Oh, Anything gosh, that I, I ironically mean, took place? Of course, I caught you off guard, so don't don't worry. You don't have what? to a answer. A funny story regarding regarding um, we had fun every every second of our lives, Gary. I, I can't can't re- I can't remember an anecdote at a specific time. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Every that was day a of my life has been fun. Every day. That's fun. That's that's great. Listen. Nels, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I really appreciate it, and our audience appreciates it. And uh, thank you for sharing with us uh, your knowledge and your stories. Your your insight has been incredible. So I no, really, I, truly I, I appreciate thank, that. Thank you, and I, I appreciate uh, everyone of our, our country. All I can say is I appreciate America, and I appreciate all the people who are serving in America, and all the police, and all the and all the people that, that just make our country work. I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And my father was the same way. And uh, we, we got the greatest country in the whole world. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. That's all I can say. Well, we've got, we've got a huge international audience, so I know there's many people that uh, feel strong feelings about your father also that, that, that saw him in their, 
where they live. All right, that's our show. Our, our next show is Living with Autism. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback. drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, fame makes you feel like a pretty girl walking by construction workers. That's a quote from Brad, Brad Pitt. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I'll listen to, I hope you're listening next week. Once again, uh, Life with Autism. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.